Hey, what's happening, everybody? I'm Larry Roberts, and this is another episode of the Readily Random Podcast. Hey, you could be larger than life, bigger than the world, living out the hopes and dreams of every boy and every girl. What is happening, everybody? Larry Roberts back with you tonight for another awesome episode of the Readily Random Podcast. I hope everyone is remaining sane through all this stuff. Uh, you know, by the time this episode comes out, hopefully we've gotten beyond most of all the nonsense. Now, of course, we're not going to get right back in there. You know, we're, we're going to have to have that new normal, which uh, I hate that. I hate that phrase. I want to say it's a word, but it's a phrase. I'm not a fan of the phrase, but it's a fact. It just it just is a fact, you know. And it, it's something that we have to contend with on a daily basis. But my guest tonight, she is going to help us. Focus on getting beyond that in our business, and whether it's a brick and mortar or whether you're an entrepreneur, uh, our focus is going to be on helping you realize where you're at and realize that this is probably an opportunity and this is possibly a great opportunity for you to move forward in your business instead of getting hit like a lot of us have been hit already. So uh, I'd like to welcome at this time Miss Patty Mara to the show. Uh Patty is always looking for pivots that lead to breakthroughs, and that's kind of where we're going today. In her coaching and her business, Patty is always looking for the shifting point, and we all had to shift right now. The piece of the puzzle that opens up a new level of results. Patty Mara's passion is helping people find the perspective that will enable them to generate extraordinary results. She's an expert on perspective. Patty has spent nearly 20 years helping companies and individuals take a fresh look at the way they operate. This unique insight helps them reach their full potential, enhancing customer experiences and dramatically increasing their growth, customer retention, and profit. And I'm going to leave it right there. And Patty, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's a pleasure to have you here. Larry, it's just uh, just an absolute pleasure to be on your podcast. And uh, thank you for having me spectacular intro, I must say, because you have such a spectacular background and 20 years in helping people find their focus and find their center and find that shifting point that many of us are faced with, especially right now, is, is, is a very, um, it's a very beneficial skill to have. So tell me more about that. Give a little deeper intro about yourself and maybe how you got into this type of, uh, of work. And then we'll, sure. we'll move on to the conversation from there. Sure. Sounds good. Well, I would say, um, I, you know, as, as most entrepreneurs, I've had a varied background. Um, you know, my first entrepreneurial experience, I didn't come from an entrepreneurial family, although I, I came from a family that had a very results-based outlook. Um, but my first entrepreneurial experience was actually when I was in university and I got a student venture loan. I pitched to a, a table full of bankers and and I designed and made and sold T-shirts on the streets of Toronto. So it turns out I enjoyed, you know, the designing, the business part, and I didn't so much love the selling the T-shirts on the streets of Toronto, <laughs> but it was an experience. <laughs> Isn't that how FUBU um, got started? I mean, come on. We all know Damon John. He was doing absolutely. the same thing. <laughs> if I was musical, it would be a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was a really great experience. And. Um, then later on in university, I had a part-time job in a bookstore. This was a chain bookstore, a little small bookstore in a mall. And I had a really good manager. And the manager, it was very simple. Everyone was trained on the team that when somebody came into the store, 
you stopped what you were doing and you said, you know, welcome, hi, and can I help you? If they were looking for a book, you took them to the section, put the book in their hand. If we didn't have it, we offered alternatives. We saw if we could order it in. And that plus the whole idea is that when customers were in the store, they had our full attention. There weren't sidebar conversations. We weren't talking over them or around them. There's nothing more irritating. (laughs) Absolutely. Nothing more irritating. Absolutely. So, you know, a couple of things about that experience. First of all, this little bookstore, this is uh, mid to late 80s. And this little bookstore was... Um, targeted to generate or to hit half a million dollars, 500,000 gross revenue. But, you know, not a lot in these days, but it was a lot back then. Sure. Small footprint. But we did just over a million. Wow. Right? And so that captured my attention. And the other thing that was interesting was the experience of being on the team. We had very little turnover. This mostly part-time. We had very little turnover. We had fun. And it was engaging. So that was... That kind of lit the, the fires, if you will, that kind of that led me down the idea of customer service training um, and which evolved into customer experience. And I don't I don't know that I would have noticed, you know, it's, it's reflection after you've gone through a number of different iterations is that my method of doing anything, it didn't matter if it was sales, it didn't matter if it was management, was to coach. So, the, so basically, you know, my methodology for everything is coaching. Okay. And, and I noticed in, um, I noticed in the coaching and in, in my, again, the method, I was always looking for, first of all, you have to connect and engage, and then you have to figure out, you know, what are the challenge? What are the opportunity? But the moment I have that, that those two parameters, I'm looking for the shifting point. Okay. Okay. And, and that. It's, a, it's just a perspective, but I apply it to everything. It's, it's that point of leverage that you can apply minimal effort and see maximal, maximal results. It's right and up it, my alley. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So that's, and that's just that piece. It's like, you know, you keep exploring, but I'm looking, what's the shifting point that's going to turn the dial? Okay, very cool. So how do we, as entrepreneurs or even as, again, and entrepreneurs, brick and mortar, uh, you know, you can have a brick and mortar store and still be an entrepreneur. And I think a lot of times that gets lost in the podcast arena. People don't correlate the two. You know, it's, it's, you're, you're starting a business, whether it's brick and mortar or whether it's online, it's, it's the, the concept is the same. But yeah. I, I think the, 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 experience that you shared with the bookstore and showing that it actually doubled its forecast revenue just by engaging the customer, uh, something that we can relate to. And I don't know if you guys, do you guys have Chick-fil-A in Canada? No, we don't. But are you familiar with Chick-fil-A? I am. Absolutely. They're one of the examples I love using for creating an experience. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's funny because my neighbor uh, right next door, she is a regional marketing director for Chick-fil-A. So I get all the calendars and all that stuff. And it's funny because, you know, Chick-fil-A is such a unique uh, experience and, and, and fast food spot that I already had the cow, the stuffed cow doll. I had, well, you can look behind me. You know, I'm going to have a doll if I can have a doll. Uh, I had the calendars. <laughs> you name it, I had it. But now I get it for free. So don't don't tell nobody. That's just our secret. But it's very, very cool that way. But Chick-fil-A is unique in their perspective because they are a customer-oriented company First and foremost, please yes. and thank you is 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 commonplace 
with their uh, their exchanges with their customers. Uh, have a nice day. They do stop what they you know. And it, it, this is this is another big thing that you don't really see. They they have enough actually more employees than necessary for a particular shift, and they do that for a reason. So they can address all of the customers that are there as quickly as possible. So they're not standing around. They're always doing something. That's why, too, you look behind. It's clean back there. It's normally, and, you know, there might be an exception, but I doubt it. You know, they're they're pretty strict. So it's clean. It's it's well-kept. It's well-lit. And they're so friendly to everybody that comes by. And that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, it's it's they're they're known for their comeback. It's my pleasure. Right, and exactly. The, you know, I've I have been to Chick Fil A in the states when I'm traveling, and you know, one of the experiences when you're dining in is there's always somebody going around refilling your refilling your drinks. Yeah, you you don't have to worry about that. And if you do walk up, they they're so apologetic. They're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Let me get that for you." And again, it's just it's just driving that customer experience. It's just accentuating that customer experience. And honestly, e- even it like mid-level chain restaurants, you don't really see that level of attention. Where mm-hmm. is someplace else that you see that level of attention, whether it be department store or uh, a, a restaurant or wherever? I can't think of any place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Nordstrom's used to be known for that level of, of service. I'm not sure that they are now, but, and one of the, one of the ways, that, and it's interesting because you're right, Larry, this is, this is kind of the, the mission, the value of the, of the why of the business. Right. Translates to how the team are trained, how the team are chosen, how the team are managed and reinforced. Um, Nordstrom's were known for each, and this this is dated information, but they were known for that each frontline team member had a um, hundred dollar budget that they could use at their, um, uh, you know, their Discretion. judgment, okay, in, in order to take care of any customer when they're working. Wow. So that, that, that's, that's really mind-blowing in all honesty because you, you don't see that today anywhere. I don't even think you see it at Nordstrom's anymore. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. uh, the big Nordstrom's that's uh, – you know, I live in North Dallas or North, uh, Northwest Dallas, and it's a suburb really. But uh, the, one of the more affluent suburbs that has a still rather active mall, Nordstrom's is closing down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if they were to look back and say, hey, where did we go wrong – other than being brick and mortar and they're being driven out by online businesses. But aside from that fact, uh, where did we go wrong so that we stopped attracting the number of customers or the level of customer that we needed to continue bringing them in the store and support our, 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 uh, our, our business model? Where'd they go wrong? That's a, that's a huge, that's a huge important question. I think I would disagree with you that brick and mortar's dead and that it's being replaced with online businesses. Good. I'm glad that's awesome. <laughs> it makes it more fun. I, I, you know, listen, I think, I think Nordstrom's and, and most chains, it'll be interesting to see if any of the big, not chains, any of the big, um, uh, like the, the department stores, if any of them come out of this, it'll be interesting. But if they do come out of this right now, we're just starting to come out of lockdown while we're recording this. Right. Um, uh, I think if they do survive, they will reinvent, reimagine, re-emer- reemerge, but it'll be a, a definite evolution that'll have taken place. But when you go back, so I just want to touch on the. Yeah, by all order. means. 
by all means. I, I have a good friend of mine and she opened 18 months ago. She opened a pet food boutique in a small town serving the rural and small towns all in her area. And she built a very strong community. So she's got, she's on Facebook. She's on the, she's part of the BIA. She went to the local festivals and the weekly farmers markets. And she built a really strong, passionate, raving fan base. And uh, so when this, when lockdown happened uh, two months ago, um, she's essential service. Pet food is essential service. They immediately closed their store and they offered curbside delivery and they introduced free, free delivery, free home delivery. They'd never had that before to their customers in, in a huge area. And, um, and they invested, they spent about a month investing in their website to be able to put all of the merchandise is now available on their website with Shopify. And now somebody can call up, order by phone, uh, or sorry, call up, um, uh, order online, and they can have curbside delivery, home delivery, or have it shipped. Wow. Wow. So her business, and this is a high-end boutique store that, you know, people are trying to save costs or worry about right. expanded dramatically. Now, I, you know, the one of the key things with her brick and mortar being so successful, she's actually expanding. In the middle of lockdown, she opened her second store. Wow. But, you know, and I know you I know you know why she's expanding and I definitely want to expand on that so that, well, everybody's expanding in that in that scenario, aren't they? Uh <laughs> I just had dinner and I'm definitely expanding. I'll tell you what, Woo. but <laughs> but I, I definitely want to look at your and get your opinion on why she's able to expand. And you know, did she find that shift point? Did she find that pivot point? How did it happen? So go ahead. Well, and and she did. I think she. So one of the think one of the there are a couple key pieces I think that's behind her success. One of which is that she was really out there in, in created communities. I listened to your podcast on, you know, building a community around okay, your, back, okay. your brand. Yeah, great. And, and, you know, you talked about when you start the community, you have to over-deliver. Without a lot of results, you have to keep over-delivering. And she just did. So she's got a Facebook, that Facebook page, lots posted on Instagram, Facebook. She's on social media. And she's in the groups. You know, each of these local towns have their own local Facebook group. So she's in and posting there, you know, so she just really connected with people. So I think one of the secrets for every, any brick and mortar has to have a good interactive website, not brochureware, a good interactive website. And you have to have good social media presence. You have to be connecting with your community where your community is, 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 is there. And so, you know, one of the pivot points, if you will, is she already had set up that success. So she already had built an audience and then she has been over communicating and been in conversation. One of the things, uh, this is my friend, Barb Spears, that she has made available that people can contact her through social media at any time. She's on the weekend. If she gets a personal, a direct message, she's responding. So she's educating, supporting, and sometimes it's weird and wonderful questions. And sometimes it's not even to do with stuff she sells in her store, but she's out there. She's connected. She's listening and she's communicating. And how important is that? I just want to interject because I don't think people understand how important it is to be involved in the social media. 
You can't just go out. A friend of mine has a bakery, and he makes me so mad because he, he he's my best friend for real. I can say that. So, but he makes me so mad because he won't interact in his social media. You know, wow. they'll bake these beautiful cupcakes and they'll bake these beautiful cakes and they'll put pictures, but they don't interact with the clients when they respond. And wow. you know, I'm a huge believer. In that regardless of what you're talking about, if you're representing your brand or your business or your podcast, whatever it may be, if you're representing it on social media, you need to interact with each and every comment that's on there, even Absolutely. if it's just a thank you. You know, when, yes. I, when I did that presentation, I just did it last weekend, and uh, it was so good that I had to post it as an episode. <laughs> no, but, you know, <laughs> I thought it went all right. So I said, you know what, I'm going to post that one this week as an episode. <laughs> So, uh, but what I did was, you know, after I finished, because I don't like going through uh, responses while I'm giving a presentation. It's distracting. So I turn off comments and I just focus on the presentation. But after the fact, I always go back and I make myself known in the chat and in wherever it is, whether it's comments or chat or whatever it may be. And I, if someone says something that, that's positive, thank you so very much. If I can help, let me know. Thank you so much. I'll, here's the answer to this question. Go here to find this. All that kind of stuff. Every person, even if it's just a thank you. And I don't think people understand the value that exists there. Mm -hmm. If you want to create interaction, you have to cause interaction, which means you have to be interacting. That's you know, right. for your, your friend with the bakery. Um, so again, we're in lockdown and uh, just north of where I live is a small town called Aaron, Ontario, and uh, a bakery just opened. Now, you know, behind the scenes, they've been getting ready for ages. And so they're opening now. They don't even have a website. Um, what they have is a Facebook page. Okay. And so they, they now for your friend, listen, I'm on social media, not my forte. Do I respond to everything? Absolutely. But I have a social media manager and, you know, I, Lucky. I found someone who is very highly recommended and so great. She's creating all the stuff and she interviews me and takes pictures and creates this content and, I still have to be involved and I still have to be, but she's handling a lot and she'll actually let me know, Patty, get me to go and go and check or somebody posted here. Um, so have somebody, but this, this, this bakery, it's Bistro de Pain, D-U-P-A-I-N. Okay. And first of all, they're posting delectable stuff and then they have, and, and they're enticing, right? There's come in for lunch today or special. If you need chocolate this weekend, um, and so, but they are interacting with everyone and they're getting people posting and saying, thank you. And all this was delicious. And I've never, and literally in a week, they can't even, apparently she's got a whole creepery going, but she's been so busy. She hasn't even been able to get that going yet. <laughs> wow. Wow. See, and that's the thing, man, because if you start interacting, they come back and they interact more Then their friends come in and they're, and before you know it, you have a community of fans or a tribe or whatever you want to call it. There's so many different words for it these days, depending on who you're talking to, but it's really the exact same concept. It's the same thing. Get raving fans and turn those raving fans into raving customers. And that's the goal. Yes. So that, that's, that's pretty awesome. And, and I think it's kind of cool too. I love the fact that she's doing that, uh, that your friend, uh, or is she your friend with the boutique uh, pet food store? Yes. Yeah, well, I think that's awesome because I'm a huge pet guy. I've got a course that's under development right now, and I've got an artist that's working on the graphics. And uh, I've included my little chihuahua. She's in the she, – she's part of the presentation because she's my baby. So <laughs> I might be six foot three, weigh 300 pounds, but i got a big old heart. See, i got a big old heart. I'm a softie. 
So tell us about your book. You've got a brand new book that came out in January that you had all the greatest hopes in the world for, and it's still performing quite well, even though we're under lockdown. But uh, it came out, what, in January? Is that right? Yep, January 28th. Okay. So tell us about it. Sure. Great. Thank you. So uh, the book is called Up Solutions, Mm -hmm. Turning Your Team into Heroes and Your Customers into Raving Fans. Oh, look at that. Yes, (laughs) right? Love the raving fans. And... um, so it's interesting. So the book is really the book is really about that there are some significant business trends going on and that we are moving. I think most business owners, we've fallen in the trap the last 20, 30, 40 years of <laughs> excuse me, of talking about a, our business based on what we sell. And my argument would be that your business is the solutions you provide. So I think the trend has been away from products and services to uh, customer-centric solution-based businesses. And when when you have a um, business that you're creating a solution to your best fit customers, your target audience customers, and you're literally taking care of their needs, uh, which you you can only do if you know who they are. Right. um, The moment you do that, what you charge is not commoditized. It's not compared to something I can get at the big box store you know, and sometimes how you create value is just helping your customer make an informed decision. You know, right, right. People don't even know the questions to ask to make a purchasing decision because we don't know whatever it is your business is. We don't know how to think about it if we're not in that business. Right. So it, it, interesting. What's interesting, what I found in the last couple of months, because, of course, all of this the book was written and the book was launched <laughs> before we're dealing with a global pandemic and sure. the business lockdown and all of the rest that's happening. And in the last two months, I've literally spoken to hundreds of entrepreneurs in all and in, in their businesses and all over. Um, what, you know, businesses that are shut down may not be coming back, businesses that are operating minimally, businesses that are essential services and expanding. And one of the things that I, one of the things that I see is that the, where we're at right now, the crisis and the disruption out of the crisis, the business crisis and the disruption, this disruption is literally uh, disrupting all patterns. So, you know, there's a grief process of dealing with business is not the way it was. And we have to rethink about what it is, even if you're in the same market. And But what I've noticed with businesses is that the why of the business, the value created in the business, the wisdom in the business has not changed. But the delivery method, how you deliver it, and for some businesses, the market they deliver it to has changed. Even businesses that are essential services, like my friend Barb with her pet food, she had to invest in her website. Right. Because right. what it was didn't allow her to interact the way her business was operating now. So every business has to go through this. There's almost, there's a real opportunity to reinvent. I think this is the, you know, reimagine, reposition, reinvent. And I think this is a profound opportunity. I think we literally have the opportunity right now to position our business for the next five, 10 or longer years. And that without this crisis and without this disruption, I saw a lot of businesses that were doing a slow die because they were being commoditized. They were being, you know, forced to compete on price and going right out of business. Right. So there's there's an upside to this downside, if you will. The shifting point 
is paying attention to what you're finding out about the positioning of your business. Now, do you think people are panicking though, instead of taking this as a shifting opportunity and mm. going directly into panic mode? And if so, what's some of your advice on, on countering that panic mode? Great question, Larry, just great question. I, I had this, a client said this to me. He said he, he noticed that even people that were excited about the future were in one, one of the five stages of grief. You know, the Kubler-Ross five stages right, of grief. Right. And it was really interesting when I pulled up the models, like, oh, yeah, I can see where I've been going through this. Even though I'm excited, even though I see the opportunity, we also have to grieve what we knew to be true. It, one of the pieces for me is, you know, for two months, I haven't been able to see my family, right. right? My extended family, my mom, you know, my nieces, my brothers, my sister, you know, all of that. I haven't been able to see that extended family, my friends. I finally got to see friends that I haven't seen in two months other than Zoom calls and we couldn't hug each other, right? We were doing the physical distancing yeah, yeah, barbecue, yeah. right? So, it, you know, there's, there's, and the same is true for business. We've, invested a lot in building our businesses up to where they are and what we know to be true is now changed. Right. So you, ha I think we have to have grace with ourselves and go through that. I think we have to go through that before we can pivot and actually start looking for what the opportunity is. And one piece I want to add to that, when you're at sure. that point, I highly recommend, you know, if you want to start figuring out where to look around your business, where to start, what's the opportunity um, my first two recommendations is one is identify your 10 best customers or clients, you know, okay. who you enjoy working with. They value what you do and they're willing to pay for it. Identify your 10 best and go have a connection call with them and just don't sell them anything. Just get connected. Where are they? What's going on with them? What are their challenges? What's working? What's not working for them? Just get connected. And my experience, everyone I know that have done this, including myself, every single one, you've come out with so many great ideas on where you can create value based on your talent to their issues. Right. So it's literally that raw material. And if you do that at the same time as identifying the assets you've developed, what's your capability? What's your assets? Um, you know, it might be your culture. It might be your services or products. It might be your team. It might be, I mean, there's all the different, it might be your reputation. It's what are the assets because you applying your assets to your customer's needs is your opportunity for what next. And you're not limited. There's not one path. Find the one that lights you up. That's definitely key. If, if it doesn't light you up, then obviously you're not going to pursue that. And something I wanted to, if you don't mind, I can tack on to making those connection calls with your top 10 customers. You, In order to do that, it would seem to me that you already need to have established a relationship with those customers. If they're your top customers, odds are you already know their names. You already know their likes, their dislikes, their preferences for whatever your your business may be. So with that in mind, that opens up that opportunity to make those connection calls. Because if not, you're sitting here going, I'm not going to call that customer. Oh, yeah, they spent the most money, but I don't know that dude. You know, I'm not going to call him or her or whatever it may be. I'm not calling them. But if you have a relationship 
And, and that relationship could even be online. And a lot of times online can be a more diverse relationship than you would have in person. People open yes. up more online. You know what I mean? So if you have that relationship, whether it be in person, some people are chatting like me and, and can get to know people fairly easily in person. And some people are a little more reserved, but they're great at what they do. So go online. Get to know your customers online. Create a community where? Uh, online. And it, it, it doesn't matter where. It could be anywhere. It could be Facebook. It could be LinkedIn. It could be Twitter. There are opportunities to make connections with your customers in a variety of different spots using a variety of different communication techniques. But you got to do it. I'm right now rolling out polls. I've got a series of three questions that are going out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. There you go. And 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 just it's some of it's an engagement, some of it's a read, and some of it's this is leading into people joining my Facebook group. See, and that's yeah. something. <laughs> I just this is so, so silly, but you know, if you see behind me, and if folks are are just listening, you know, there's Batman all behind me. And if you're a fan of the show, you know, I've got Batman everywhere. So I, I changed my my calendar link recently, actually last night. And uh, when you go to my calendar to book a time, I now make you pick between. Uh, you know, you you can add questions to prepare yourself for the guest. And one of the questions is, you have to choose one: Batman or Superman. And then I decide whether or not we're going to follow through with the interview. If you know, if they pick Batman, yeah. If they pick Superman, you're out. I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. No, I'm kidding. You can still come on, but I'm going to give you grief. But it's it, the thing. There is it gets you. It breaks the ice immediately right there before we even say one word to each other. You know, it gives us that icebreaker and go, oh, you pick Superman, huh? You know, or whatever it may be. And that establishes a connection. It establishes a rapport, and it allows you to start building and making making a connection, a long term connection. You know, I have guests from episode two that I still stay in contact with. And, you know, it's just one of those things that to me, this goes beyond just me having a conversation with you tonight. This goes to making a connection. And we may not talk every day, but, you know, I'd still like to know you. I still will definitely need a copy of that book autographed to Larry Roberts. That's that's the fee for coming on. I'm just, you know, <laughs> no, I'll pay for it. Seriously. So but I definitely would love to have a copy of it. So uh, it's again, it's just relationship building and communicating. And that's that allows that's the foundation for these pivot points, in my opinion. And, and you may have a, a different grassroots uh, uh, decision-making process as to whether or not you can pivot here or pivot, pivot there. But I think it all boils down to communication. Yes, I agree. So where else did your book take us? Perfect. Absolutely. Well, and actually in the book, I talk about some of the mindset shifts. Because I also, when you're looking at a pivot, you have to be looking for it. Right. And so what are some of the mindset shifts? And so there are, there are some... Some really simple ones like, you know, understanding that your customers don't know what you know. And a team member, someone who's been in your in your company for three months or more, are actually an expert compared to your customers. And and so it's, you know, understanding that the wisdom, what you see, is actually one of the ways you create value for your customers. Even sometimes even just the questions you ask. Right. Another uh, another uh, mindset shift is that. Um, is is paying attention to um, the wisdom, the actual wisdom in your business that, um, again, this is differentiating from what you sell. Mm-hmm. And at, a, at the very basic level is asking quite great questions. Um, and then the other is, and this is a perfect time for that, is there is always an opportunity in change. The opportunity any business 
there's any business that wants to grow beyond where they are today. And um, you're going to have to change. So we tend to embrace more of the change that we design versus the change that's imposed. Oh, of course. A hundred percent. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. But, but you want, it's almost like you want to lean into what the opportunity is. I mean, you know, we're in such a uncertain period of time. And yet every time we've gone through an uncertain period of time in the past, every time we've had a crisis followed by disruption, we, once we adjust to the disruption, once the new patterns are in place, then there's always been every single time in history, a greater level of abundance for all. And the new industry leaders come out of the disruption. You know, there were more, most of the, you know, the big corporations we've had around for the last, last, you know, however long, 50, 80 years came out of the, the great depression. There was a right. huge businesses that came out of the great depression, the market crash in 29. Um, we've had all, you know, even just in the last, the market adjustment after September 2008, when the market crashed there, when, you know, I, you know, I graduated from university during the recession of the late 80s, early 90s. Well, the, you know, that's when IBM laid off people for the for middle managers for the first time. It was like front page news because IBM had never laid off managers and they laid off the whole layer of middle management because microprocessing replaced okay. all of the layers necessary. Right. So, that was a gift for me. There were no jobs. <laughs> so I had to make it up. And, and you know, the, there's that saying, when one door closes, another door opens. Right. The thing is, we spend so long looking at the closed door, we're missing this open door, literally calling at us. Yes. But that's, you know, having grace with ourselves, acknowledging what we've accomplished, and then paying attention to what actually, what's being communicated in the circumstances and what's the opportunity. Well, I love that message. I love what you're saying there because I know so many people right now are hurting. I know so many people right now are scrambling. I know they're looking for that opportunity and the opportunity, as you said, may be right there, you know, and I've often wondered in myself if, you know, there's certain things, for instance, I used to own a, a pool business, a swimming pool business where I, I did maintenance and, and cleanings and all that stuff. And uh, it got to the point that I had so many accounts that this was a side gig for me. So it got to the point where I, I was either going to have to leave my 20-year IT career and do this full time, which I'm not a physical labor kind of guy. All right, I can tell you what to do, but I don't want to do it. So, so I'm going to go from a cushy little desk job out here actually sweating and huffing and puffing to get this business beyond that point because you're going to take a hit. If I had stepped away, I'm going to take a hit financially because I'm not making the same amount of money already. If you have that opportunity to transition and you're making the same money, congratulations, jump, 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 jump. Because if I had that opportunity, I would have jumped, but I wasn't making the same money. I knew I was going to take a hit. I knew I was going to be doing work that I really wasn't all that passionate about. I loved owning the business. You know, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I own a business, you know. Hey, it's cool. But, and plus, I was single at the time, you know. So, uh, the wife now was very impressed that I was a business owner, you know. It's good for accolades, right? So, uh, <laughs> but the, my point there is is that, yes, there are opportunities uh, in, in situations like this if we can just compose ourselves enough to see them. And, and that can be very, very difficult. So, Patty, what's one last thing you want to share with us before we wrap this thing up? I think that the seeds of your future success you already have. So it's paying attention to, what, again, what you love, 
who you love working with, get in communication, whether it's online in person, doesn't matter, get in communication. And the seeds of your future success are already there. It's just looking and applying in a different way. And the other thing I would add is that do it in a community. Be part of a community, join a community, get active in a community, because it's a lot easier to create um, in a community than it is to try and do it on ourselves and look at a computer screen and try and figure it out. Conversation, we tend to create and innovate in conversation. Right on. I love it, considering that ties right into the presentation I just gave. I love it. It's great. So thank you for reinforcing. See, guys, I know what I'm talking about. You guys hit me up. You go, Larry, I don't think you know what you're talking about. You're in there with all those toys. You don't know. I know. I know, guys. I know. And I've got reinforcement right here with Patty. So, hmm. So, Patty, if you would, please go ahead and give us your contact information and tell us about that special page you set up for us on the website. Absolutely. So if you want more information, go to pattymara.com. That's P-A-T-T-I-M-A-R-A.com. And we created a special page, Randy, or Larry, for your It's only been 45 minutes. We don't need to know each other. It's fun. So much for establishing a connection. I just... I yeah. just, you know, morphed it all together into one. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I've been called worse. Red, readily random and Larry. <laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, we created a special page, Larry, for all of your uh, listeners. And it's pattymara.com forward slash readily random. So if you go to that page, uh, you'll get access to a tool that I talk about in the book, Up Solutions. It's called the Touchpoint Scorecard. It is a great tool to look at what you offer from your customer's perspective. And there is also a uh, video training that goes along with it to make it easier to understand how to do that. Very cool. Well, I know I'm going out to check it out. That's for sure. So hopefully we'll have several other people that go out there and take advantage of this tremendous opportunity that you've given us here. So thank you very much for that. Well, Patty, I want to say thank you once again for joining me tonight. It was an extreme pleasure. We had a couple of chuckles in there where we may have made a mistake or two, but that's all right. Nobody knows. It's our secret. It's cool. So, But seriously, you, you came and you delivered some, some significant information with a very strong message. Your book is phenomenal. Up Solutions is the name of the book one more time. And if you would, go check that out. I'll be reading it as well. And if you have any questions or concerns, reach out to Patty or myself. I'd be happy to help and even point you to Patty. So... Thanks once again, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate it, and we'll do it again next week. Bye. You could be larger than life.